Wonderful. You see, by the grace of God, we support them as missionaries. So in, in a small way, everything you saw up there, this church has a part in. Because they're, they're an extension of this ministry. That's what missionaries are. They're extension from the United States. And we give them monthly support. We've been doing that now for six years. And so they go around, go around to different churches and uh, get monthly support. And they serve God. You see, we're not, I'm not going to Ethiopia. But God has commanded me to tell people in Ethiopia about Jesus. Because he said, go into all the world. And so for the last 40 years of my life, I just celebrated 40 years of ministry in August. My, whole, my life's just been dedicated to telling people about Christ. That's what I live for. That's why I'm here in California. Um, I love California. This is my place. This is where God's planted me. I'm on a mission here. I never dreamed I'd ever live in California. Number one, the weather's too nice. God would never let me live in such a nice place. You know, I grew up in Michigan, pastored in Michigan, pastored, assistant pastor in Seattle for three years. And I'll never forget one day when the kids got up, our, our four-year-old, she looked out the window, she opened the blind, and she said, God turned the lights on. It hadn't, it hadn't been sunny for weeks. She said, God, turn the lights on outside. You know, no, that's called the sun, honey. That's the sun. Oh, you know, I like the sun. I like the sunshine. But I like serving the sun. You see, that's what we do. We get to serve God. To think about it this morning, here we are in church in California, you know, people back east, they think everybody uh, in California is crazy. That's what they think. You're going out there. When I told my pastor friends I was going to California, you're crazy. Why are you going there? One of my brothers didn't talk to me for years because I went to California. My own brother. He's upset. And, uh, but I didn't have a choice. I'm on a divine call Here. To, to share the gospel and, of Jesus Christ. And so are you. We're all on the divine call. I just got moved uh, geographically. So that's what we're going to be talking about this month. Um, because that's the heart of God. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why Jesus came to this. He came to reveal God to man. How wonderful it was to go to Israel, I've been there twice now, and see where Jesus was born, see where he lived, walk on the streets that he walked on, go to Nazareth where he grew up, 28 years he grew up in Nazareth. I mean, there's nothing special about Nazareth. But he lived there 28 years, you know, being uh, submissive to his dad, a human dad the Son of God, God in the flesh. And to see where he was born, to see where he lived, to see where he died, to see where he was buried, 
and to see the empty tomb. He's alive forevermore. And because he lives, we live. Because he lives, we'll never die. We'll never die. I'm never going to die. I'm just going to take my last breath here and first breath in heaven. Every once in a while, I look back on the... I was reading some text last night that I, what I wrote from the hospital in Dubai. And I'm talking to a friend of mine, Jason Murphy. He's a pastor up in Open Door Baptist in Seattle. And I told him, I said, I don't think I'm going to make it. But I'm ready to go home. It doesn't matter. And I got to tell you, at that time, I didn't, didn't care. You know, I just knew God was in control. I mean, I've, I'm 65, going to be 65, officially retired. I get everything free in beginning February 1st. I, so Lord, help. I say, Lord, just help me to live till February 1st. Free health care, free everything. And... Uh, I'm taking advantage of it. I'm getting false teeth. I'm getting a facelift, Botox. You know, they come in and say, is that our pastor? I'm getting my hair done. It's going to be jet black February 1st. I say, whoa, how did that happen? And uh, I say, well, it's just Hollywood. Everybody, we can always look good, you know. And, uh, but we just prepare people for life. And we prepare them for everything that God has for them. Life is so good. We're so blessed. And I want to talk to you this morning about being guided by the light. Some of you may know Sidney Portier. I don't know if I said that right. He's a movie star. And he just died this week. And I was just reading a little expert, you know, what the family had said. And the family wrote this little note. He was our guiding light to the family. You know, everybody, every family has a guiding light. Everybody, every family has a patriarch. Sometimes it's the mom. They call the mom in some areas of the country the queen bee. Nobody disobeys mom. When there's a party, everybody comes to the party. You can't say, well, I'm busy. I got this to do. You're coming to the party. Everybody will be at the party. And then when the mom dies, she's kind of like the guiding light of the family. The family just never gets together that much anymore. The mom just holds it all. I'm talking about grown family. I'm talking about people that are grown with their own kids. And let me tell you something. It's too, life is so busy, you can't even get together with your wife. <laughs> Who are you? Uh, I'm your wife. Oh, I haven't seen you in a while. Life is just so busy. And uh, I had this thought, we probably, let's just see if we could, if you could go one day without your cell phone, just put your cell phone away for one day, you'd probably have a nervous breakdown. You'd be like, oh, what? I can't, what am I going to do? I can't check my email. I can't check my text. So, you know, we never are, we never were where we were before. Are we always paying attention to something else? Now with the cell phone, you never, you're never anywhere. You'd be sitting there, you go out to eat. I, I love to go to a restaurant and just watch the people. Everybody's looking at a phone. Nobody's even talking to each other, you know. We walked out of Applebee's a few, uh, a few weeks ago, and I said there was a big group of people there sitting at a table. I don't, 
well, kind of well-dressed and everything. I said, uh, we left our check for you guys to pay for. Thank you so much. And I, was, I said it real serious, you know. And I did, just look at the facial expression. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I said, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Thank you, God. I have a good lunch. I mean, one lady started standing up. I thought she was going to smack me. I said, I'm getting... So I had my security with me, my security guard. Um, you know, no, I don't have a security guard, but... You know, it's just, um, life is just good. And you know what makes life so great is that we have Jesus. We have him. He is ours. You see, the world, the world has a guiding light in their family. They have somebody that they look up to. But we have the light of the world. You see, you have Jesus. The day you got saved, Jesus came into your heart. So the light of the world came to this world and, the light, and was, lived the perfect life, died upon the cross, rose again the third day. He's alive forevermore. He's ascended. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Today, he's making a place for you and for me for, that we're going to live forever. I'm talking about forever, together. And so he placed that light in us. We have the Spirit of God. When you get saved, the Spirit of God comes inside of you. And so you yield your life to the Spirit of God. You don't act the way you want to act. You act the way God wants you to act. Um, And so that's why we have to forgive people. God's forgiven me. I can't forgive people. God's forgiven me, you know. Of all of my sins. As far as the east is from the west, he removes our sin from us when we get saved. Not only the sin that we sin, but the sin we will sin. So you say, well, let's just go do what we want to do. No. When you love somebody, you want to please them. You love your wife. You don't want to just do things on purpose. Now, I used to agitate my wife a lot. And I, I got to tell you, I enjoyed it because it bothered her. If it doesn't bother her, it's no fun to agitate somebody that doesn't bother. You know. I asked her on our 35th wedding anniversary, I said, do you, do you like when I do that, when I kind of kid around? No. 35 years you've been putting up with that? Yeah. And I said, well, I'm going to keep doing it then. I love it. I love watching you get mad. And uh, God, everybody has a light. Our guiding light is Jesus. Our guiding light's the Word of God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. There's something glorious about God. There's something glorious about being a Christian, about knowing Him. I remember when Kobe Bryant died. I remember one of the announcers, or I don't know if it was the who it was, but he made this statement about Kobe Bryant. And he said this, he was the brightest star in our galaxy. He was the brightest star. And the people that worked there, the people that were around him, the people that did the games. And see, you're the brightest star in somebody's galaxy. Somebody looks up to you. In somebody's life, you are there you guide them your children 
Your children are guided by you. Your love, your love for life, your love for husband or wife, your love for people, your forgiving heart, and just enjoying life. I got to tell you, it's a wonderful thing. You see, Jesus was called the light of the world in John chapter 8 and verse 12. Is that Jesus is the light of the world. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I don't like darkness. You know, I, I, sometimes I sleep when, you know, I sleep with the light on. Sometimes, sometimes I just go to sleep and then just leave the light on. I don't like it to be dark. I just started turning all the lights off around my house. I'm going to be 65. I said, if the criminal gets in, I'm dead anyways. I can't get away from him. Too slow. And so I'd rather him kill me while I'm dead. Uh, it's dark. You know, I don't want to see him. You know, so, okay. Wake up in heaven. I don't know. But I've always had, you know, I don't like it to be dark. I want a nightlight. I thought when I go to a hotel, I want a nightlight in that hotel room. So I just leave the bathroom door cracked. One night, my wife and I were in a hotel, and it was dark in that room. And she woke up screaming. I don't know she was having a nightmare. And she screamed so loud. I just woke up and screamed as loud as any human being could scream. <laughs> and I said, well, I just, I'm screaming. She's screaming. I said, what's going on? What happened? She said, I had a nightmare. I said, well, you scared me to death. Forget Quit screaming. You know, it was dark. So we, we start carrying a nightlight. I don't want, we're going to scare half the people. I was afraid of cat. There was, there was a, a, a leak in the hotel and the water started pouring into our room. So we're there and my wife wakes me up. She says, look it. I mean, the water was already like an inch deep and it's, our luggage is starting to float around. And I said, well, we're near the beach. That's why I said, we're near the beach. Maybe it's a tsunami or something. And she said, go check in the hall, see what's going on. I said, I'm not going out there. It's too scary. So she got up. She was the only woman in the hall. The rest were men checking out. And the ice machine had busted and flooded and flooded the, all the rooms. But there's something about the light. You see, we don't have to fear this COVID, you know, this pandemic is a, just a crazy thing. There's so many people that are, are getting the coronavirus or have had it and so on. But if you don't have Jesus and all they say is, you know, uh, you know, all the warnings from this or that, and you're like, you know, you're afraid to open your eyes. You think, well, if I just keep my eyes shut, nothing can get me. Nobody can get me, you know. No, we have God. We have Jesus. We have a light. You see, the scripture says, and turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, Jesus said this in Mark chapter 4 and verse 21. Jesus said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not, and not set on a candlestick, 
Jesus said, you don't take a candle and put it under the bed. If you're back in these days, there's no electricity, so you, you light your house with candles. And they used to take and make a kind of a cutout in the wall, and they'd put that candle up on top so it could light the whole room. It would light a big, a big portion of the room. He's talking about the light. You see, we're the light. We burn for Jesus. It's interesting about a candle. If you get a candle on, on, uh, on New Year's Eve, Christmas, Christmas Eve, we have a candlelight service here. And we have people light a little candle and they have a little covering with it. But, um, and then we have candles all around the room. And so we light the candles in every, every window. And, and so I, I always worry that the candle's going to burn down and fall over and catch the building on fire. You know, so I'm always just kind of, I tell everybody, watch, watch over here, watch this. But do you know what happens to a candle? It burns and it starts to melt. You see, a candle shares its light, but in sharing its light, its life is being dispersed. It's going down. You see, Jesus came into this world, the light of the world. His light burnt, but his life eventually was put out. He died. He was buried. You see, he died for our sins so that we could burn with the light of the gospel. You see, we all have a light. We don't know how, where the candle is. You know. I wish I was a tall, thin candle. Now I'm just like one of those little chubby ones. You know, it sits over here. I go into a place, they have a Buddha there. I said, get that out of here. That offends me, you know. But the bottom line is, the light is burning. So what we do is, we, we give our lives for people. We're a light for Jesus. And you know what? Sometimes when you're a light for Jesus, you, you may lose a friend. We don't want to lose a friend, but we may lose a friend. We may have a colleague that won't talk to us anymore. We don't want that. But you see, when you're burning with the light of the gospel and the light of Jesus Christ, that could happen. But we find here in our text, that every light has its place. Again, Jesus said, when you burn the candle, you, you don't put it under a bushel or under the bed, but on a candlestick. For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And so Jesus is telling the story about the candle, but he's talking about spiritual truth. He's talking about the light that God gives to us. He's talking about the responsibility with the light of truth that we, that we glean. See, when Jesus shared the word of God, he was giving the light of God to the world. 
His light was given to speak to people trapped in spiritual darkness. You see, when you, when you light the candle, light exposes things. Nothing will be hidden. The difficulty for the man that does not know Christ is that when the light of the gospel, when it says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, whoa, that, that can be offensive. I'm not a sinner. You understand? For all have sinned, there's none righteous, no, not one. You see, when you give that truth from the light of the gospel, that can be offensive. People, people don't like that. They're living in spiritual darkness, so they don't, they don't get it. Jesus said in John chapter 9, verse 5, that he was, the, again, the light of the world. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As long as Jesus walked on this earth, he was the light of the world. But you see, he died, was buried, resurrected. He's alive forevermore. He gave us the Spirit of God. And that when Jesus Christ comes into your heart, he illuminates your soul. Now you're the light. Wherever you go, you, you bring the truth. You know the way out of every burning, the burning house, every problem. The way out is to Jesus. Look to God. He will guide you. He will help you. You see, Jesus Christ was the light. It wasn't... It was not designed to be hidden. He came to this world to reveal truth to those in darkness. And so that's what we do. Darkness and the evil of this world is something that we have to shine the light of the gospel through. In Matthew chapter 5, in verse 16, the scripture says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So that's a daily task for us. I'm to let my light shine before men. Everywhere I go, I spend a lot of time in Walmart. They gave me a vest to wear. They thought I worked there. You're so friendly, we'd like you to represent us. So when I go to Walmart, I make $20 an hour just to shop and greet people. You know. But when, no matter where I'm at, I'm a light. I'm to be the light of the gospel. I'm to bring God's love to them. I'm to show them. That's a big responsibility. You're the light in your family. You're a light when you don't feel good. I was watching a movie and the guy in the movie said, uh, he asked him if his ankle was healed. And he said, when you, he was a rugby player. He said, you, when you play rugby, you always play hurt. Every game you play, you're already hurt. You have some injury. 
And the president said, that's kind of like life, isn't it? You see, it, normally we always have some injury. It could be emotional, grief, difficulty, disappointment. The holidays are a wonderful thing, but, you know, you come through the holiday and, you know, you think, was it in our house, my daughter Tara, she's a nurse, she took two months off. Well, she got COVID the day, um, the Sunday before Christmas. So none of my family want to come to my house. They're afraid I, because she was in my house. So I was by myself, you know. I didn't get COVID. But then I thought, you know what? I'm just thankful I can go out. You know, and not, and then my daughter Angela got it for New Year's. So we just had a, a crummy COVID Christmas. That's what we called it. It's going to be a new Hallmark movie. Hey, a crummy COVID Christmas will be the name of it, you know. And so we didn't get to exchange the gifts. We had to exchange gifts different places, you know. And, you know what I'm saying? So it was just, it was difficult. And I know many of you had the same thing. I'm thankful that we can be a light even when we have a crummy COVID Christmas. We can still be, and be thankful for the, for the family that God's given to us. You see, Jesus is the light of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What a wonderful message. What a wonderful truth. I've done that for full time for 40 years. Just tell people about Jesus. Earl came over to fix some things in my house yesterday. I burn out my, uh, my treadmill. And I never, I bought one just like it. Okay, I looked online and I had it for like five years. I didn't ever notice there was a weight limit on that treadmill until I bought it again. And I went in there and I, I apologized to the treadmill. I said, you know, you've, you've been overworked for a while. And I'm sorry. It was already burnt. Every time I would get on it, you know, it would start to smoke. You know, and I couldn't breathe from, from the rubber in the engine. So it finally just seized up. So I've had a horrible week. I haven't been able to walk, you know, exercise for like three days. So Earl, I bought a new one. Earl helped me. Well, Earl put it together. I just sat there and watched him and encouraged him. Helped him once or twice. And, uh, but just watching him put that thing together and helping him, I got tired. I didn't even use it yet. I haven't gotten on it yet. I'm too tired. But uh, Earl was just saying how wonderful it is to be in this church. How wonderful it is to have Christian family. And it is wonderful. I've spent my whole life around people like you. Not a perfect people, but I'm telling you, they love God, love Jesus. And we all have the same purpose. We all have the same Heavenly Father. You see, we are brothers and sisters in Christ, even though we don't say that very much, brother. Brother or sister, we, we're brothers and sisters 
in Christ were all saved by the same Father's blood that was ran through the veins of Jesus. And so how wonderful it is to have a church home. So I have a, a home, a family. I was married for almost 40 years. My wife's in heaven, you know. Um, and then I just celebrated 40 years in the ministry. I've got five daughters, 10 grandchildren, two great son-in-laws. Well, I've got three, but one of them's a little iffy, but you know, I'm not gonna tell you which one. But uh, I mean, just, you can guess which one's the iffy one, you know. He's the Ohio State fan. I'm not gonna say anything else than that, but he says only once every 10 years, I, was, I got a picture of me holding the baby Braden, and he's got a little Michigan outfit on, and that was the last time he was just a baby. He's like, you know, 10 years ago that Michigan beat Ohio State. So I said, I got to tell you, it just feels so good. I'm like to, I, I try not to rub it into Mike or Jim because they're big fans. But anyways, that's a whole other story. I'm not going to bring that up. I promised I wouldn't bring it up because it hurts them. And I don't want to hurt anybody in church. So forgive me for hurting you. I haven't had good light on that. I wasn't a good winner. You see, he placed his light within us. He doesn't want us to hide it. He doesn't want us to hide the light. We're to let the light shine. Allow him to work in us. In, in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye are the light of the Lord. Walk as children of the light. There was a time that I was living in darkness. I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know God. I didn't know how to get to heaven. I made my decisions based on what was good for me. When I was young, you know, I loved that burger. My favorite song was that Burger King one. Some of you older people remember it. Have it your way. Have it your way. Have it your way. You know. I mean, my, uh, my spiritual guide at that time was the little lady that did the Wendy's commercial. Remember that? That little old lady? Where's the beef? You know, you're going to... Can I get a bigger hamburger? Where's the beef on this thing? There's no hamburger here. You know, but then she'd go to Wendy's and there was a big hamburger, you know. So, we, if you got it, don't, don't hide it. You see, the devil wants us to hide it. The devil wants us to be discouraged and downhearted and, di and just look at life the way it really is, and it's tough. Life is tough, but I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So we're the leaders. We're the leaders in, in our families. We're the leaders in the church. We're the leaders in our school. We're the leaders in our community. What happens out there shouldn't impact what, the way we feel. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I can make it. You know, I got to have a vaccine now to go to a football game. You know, I just go sneak into the game. I ain't going to, no, you know, I don't do that. 
But you know, every little thing, it's like, oh boy, no. Do you know God can watch over you and God can guide you and God can help you and God can meet every need in your life? You're in his hands. Look to him. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. We're talking about the light. You're a chosen generation. Do you ever think about that? Why are you in church and some people that you know aren't? And maybe in the family. Why is your life the way it is? You see, God has blessed you. My brother Jim got saved, became a Christian at age 59. He's 84 today. Is how old my, but man, when he, when he became a Christian at age 59, I mean, he was just he just got it, and he was dedicated to everything he, he did. And uh, I mean, he's been a light. He's been a giver. He's got a lot of money. But man, he gives. He just gives. He's got several of his kids. He's got four kids. Um, Two of them are deacons in the church, and two of them are pastors. And his daughter's married to a pastor. So they're just all in the ministry. He didn't get saved till age 59. Marge was the light of that family, his wife. He got saved. I never forget, I went to his office. Marge's funeral was Friday, and I stopped by his office on Monday as he owned a big company and made a lot of money and I walk into his office and he says have you heard and I said what heard what he says sit down I sat down he said I got saved yesterday I said what that's what I did I said what he said yeah I became a Christian yesterday I mean this is Monday now I only live 45 minutes I said this is this is how carnal I was I said nobody tells me I'm like the pastor of the family. I'm the one that's serving God. I'm the one that's doing all the work for Jesus, and everybody else is making a lot of money, and here I am, poor Richard, and nobody tells me. He said, I got baptized last night. I said, you got baptized? I told him, it doesn't count. I wasn't there. I want, I'd love to see him get baptized. And he was crying. My brother Jim's like a... He didn't cry at Marge's funeral, his wife's. He didn't cry at my mom's funeral. I, he took care of all the planning and the, you know, the preparations for the funeral. He went to the funeral home. He picked out the caskets for my mom's funeral. I couldn't even do it. I love my mom so much. I couldn't, I couldn't hardly even go to the funeral. But he was strong, but he was crying in his office. It was so wonderful. At 59 years old, he got saved. And his life just changed. He was just different. You know, and uh, I'm so thankful for how God, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what age bracket you fall in. When you, when you meet Jesus, it's just wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. Romans chapter 13. We don't want to hide the light. And that knowing the time, that now it's high time to awake out of sleep. 
For now is, is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent. Listen, church, we're living in the last days. Jesus is coming soon. He is. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and put us uh, on the armor of, of, of light. Let us walk honestly in, in the day and not in rioting and drunkenness nor chambering and wantonness nor, nor in strife and envy. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. I mean, it's just high time. We got to do it. I love this, this month of January. It's a, new, it's a new month. It's a new year. And so we as a church, as brothers and sisters in Christ, and as our, with our families and our church family and our school families and our community, we've got to just put on the whole armor of God. We can't hide our Christianity We've got to give that light. You see, I love being here. Uh, I love our, our school. I love our children's ministries. We used to have a big ministry on Wednesday nights for children, but because of COVID, we've, it's, it's not as big as it used to be, the outreach. But to think of probably at least between... Four and five, four and four hundred fifty children are on this campus every week, either in Christian day school or Wednesday night or Sunday morning, and they're learning about Jesus. They're learning about God. You see, we're handing off the light. We're handing the light to them. I'm not sure where my candle is. Is it still this big? Or my? Where, I, only God knows when I'm going to heaven. So I want, to, I, want to be, I want to hand it off. I want to hand it off to my children, my grandchildren. I was sitting around the table trying to get a, um, my grandkids to brag on me because the kids won't. So I had to go to, go to the grandkids and just buy them enough stuff they will. You buy their love. I don't care if I have to buy it. I'll just buy it, you know. I think it was Ashlyn. I said, who's your favorite person, Ashlyn? She said, Jesus. I said, that's the wrong answer. It's Papa, then Jesus. In my heart, I said that. Oh, it's Jesus. All right, who's the next one? I remember I used to do that to Tara. Tara's our youngest, and she was a little girl. I would say, Tara, who's your favorite? She'd say, Mama. Who's, who's your next favorite? Angela. Who's your next favorite? Laura. Who's your next favorite? Amanda. And that was the whole family, right? So who's the next favorite? Cody. That was our dog. Cody. <laughs> so I came just after the dog. You know, I go, Tara, what kind of life are you living, man? You're a wicked little girl. That's what I told her. You're a wicked little girl. I quit doing it. She loved to do that. Cody, I'm glad we didn't have two or three dogs. That'd be way down the list. But you see, we're handing that light off to my children, to our kids, our grandkids, so that they know, they can know about Jesus. We're handing it off to the next generation. You know? I feel like I'm in the Marines here in California. You know? I mean, we're just, we're just... 
you know the politics in California are just horrible, you know. But, you know, I feel like I'm on a divine assignment here just to, to stand and fight. I think all those people in Arizona should pay taxes to me because I'm trying to change the world here in California. They have all moved over there. And in Texas, don't tell me how great you are in Texas. Everybody there is a Christian, it seems like, you know. And they just, I, I had somebody call me and, uh, you know, give me a reference for one of our people that had moved there to Texas for, to work in vacation Bible school. And I said, you know what, this is what kills me. We win them to Christ in California, get them, teach them, and train them to become vacation Bible school workers. Then they move to your state, and you get them. I said, I'm not giving you a reference. I hung up the phone on them. <laughs> I said, it's not fair. You're taking all of our Christians. But we're here to give the light. I don't care where we live, what state you live in, you have to be, you're going to have to be the light of the gospel. You're going to have to let your light shine. You see, light has its place. It's in our hearts. Light has revealing power. I mean, it just makes the hidden things plain. It reveals the hidden things within man. The light, the truth. It reveals the darkness in the human heart. The Bible says in John chapter 3 and verse 16, uh, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17 says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth not on him is condemned already. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. But wait a minute. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. They had Jesus with them, but they didn't want to follow him. If you study Jesus' life, his three years of ministry... The first year, he's very popular. He's doing miracles. He's touching people's lives. He's, he's healing people. He's, he's walking on the water. He's rescuing. It. And, and, but the longer he's on this earth, the more they hate him. The more good he, he did, the more they hated him because they didn't want the truth. They wanted his benefits, but they didn't want the truth. They didn't want to admit that they needed a savior. That's a humbling thing. You can't get to heaven without Jesus. Well, wait a minute. I got to tell you, there was a benefit from being from Hazel Park, Michigan, just outside of Detroit. We knew we were sinners. You didn't have to convince us. I think in a lot of ways, that's the way California people are. You know, if you say, you know, no, nobody's perfect, they say, yeah, I know. I'm not perfect. Some places in this country, they you know, think everybody's got this self. A lot of people have self-righteousness. Whoa. Do you know who I am? You know? Did you ever feel that way? Jerry, did you ever feel this way? 
You are so blessed to have me in your presence. I'm with you. That day when you and I went to lunch, Jerry, you were so blessed to have me with you and to be there with you in that restaurant. And, you know, that's why we, oh, wow. No, we're just sinners saved by the grace of God. And I'm thankful you want to go to breakfast with me and lunch. And it's your turn to buy next time. I don't want to remind you of that, but we're going again. Ever since it's your turn to buy, you don't want to go. I, I see that. I understand that. You're hoping I forget. I haven't. Jerry got mugged. He was getting beat. He's getting, he's getting mugged and robbed. And this is what he said to the guy. You're going to die and go to hell without Jesus. The guy ran away from him. He's like, oh, man. And then the next day, Jerry saw him. He thought it was a friend. He goes, I know that guy from somewhere. Yeah, that's the guy that jumped me and was trying to steal my money. Jerry has a great heart for souls. He loves people. He's a great witness. Men's de deeds are evil. And so don't, don't be upset when people, when, when people hear you're a Christian. See, sometimes they don't want to be around that light. You walk into there and they go, uh oh, no more swearing. Don't swear. They're here. Because you got a light. They don't want you sitting with them. It's not a bad thing. I mean, they just, they try to, you know. By the way, don't judge those people. Only by the grace of God, you're not like that. And there was a day maybe you weren't a Christian at one time. So I'm not here to judge people. You know, I'm not here to judge people. I have one guy I know who works out in the secular world. He, he says, uh, uh, well, I'm going to go get a uh, Coors Light. You know, he always talks about drinking beer, you know. I said, well, I can't hang out with you. I wouldn't, I'd never go anywhere with you because I like Bud Light. You know, I ain't going anywhere with you. You drink Coors Light, that's a sissy drink, you know. And I just kid him, you know. I don't drink beer, but... I just kid with him. He needs Jesus. He doesn't need me to judge him because he drinks. I'd probably get saved because that alcohol could destroy him. My brother Gabe died of alcoholism. My sister Nancy died of alcoholism. I don't, you understand? I don't want people to get, become alcoholics and ruin their life. You see them sitting on the corner down here at Walgreens. People that have ruined their life with alcohol, drugs. Just thank God it's not you. God rescued you. And so we're on the boat. The Titanic's sinking. Nobody could ever sink that. Sh it's sinking. And we're in the lifeboat. And we got plenty of room in the lifeboat. We just got to get them to get in and come to Jesus. So let's shine the light. Here's the boat. Get in. Get in. Get in. And so that's what we're doing this month. We're, we're emphasizing getting the light out and then supporting missionaries like these folks. You see, these folks here were in a church just like this at one time. This is where God called them to be a missionary. They probably taught Sunday school. They probably worked in junior church. They probably worked in 
you know, and that was a sacrifice for them to come in early to church and, and get there early and set up and get everything and help in uh, junior church and probably didn't get to go to church. They came and they were in junior church. But then finally God said, you know what? We want you to become missionaries. I want you to serve me. I want you to take the light from Mountain Avenue Baptist. We'll, give you, we'll help you and you go to Ethiopia. You see those kids in Ethiopia? They have nothing. They don't have a thing. It's just, it's nice to be loved. Some of them, many of them, I'm sure, we went to India. They had like 100 kids living on the campus that were orphans. Had no mom, no dad. Who loved them? Oh, you're telling me God loves them. Wow. I have a, I have a heaven, you have a heavenly father, and he's with you all the time. You see, that's what we get to do through our missionaries, and so we give. So we must first give ourselves. That's our job here. Love your family. Love your friends. Don't look at the disappointments of life in people. If you see something, a weakness in somebody, pray for them. Pray for them. God calls us to pray for each other. Pray that they'll become a Christian, get saved. This country needs Christ. But you know what? We have him. We got him. So let's live like we have him. Let's live like we have them. Let's just enjoy life. Pray for one another, lift each other up. And by the grace of God and his power, we're going to see a lot accomplished in 2022. We're going to see people come to Christ. We'll see, well, maybe we'll see some marriages salvaged. Maybe we'll see a wayward teen come home. Get back home get back into the fold of the family. Maybe we'll see some family arguments just put, meet Jesus and forgive each other and be happy. In the meantime, let's just shut, let, let our light shine and enjoy the life God's given to you. That's the light. That's the light. That's what the light's revealed to us, the abundant life. Let's live for him. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the strength you give to us. Father, I pray you'll bless now our time of invitation. We look to you and we love you now. Guide us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As we close this service, those listening online, those in the auditorium, I want you to know that God loves you. He cares about you. If you're not 100% sure, if Jesus were to come back today, and believe me, his coming is close. The way the world is today. Is the world dark today? Yeah, it's getting darker. They don't want you to say Merry Christmas. They don't want this. They don't want that. You just kind of feel, this is the first year I just felt out of place. I just, you know, Merry Christmas. I saw Ebenezer Scrooge everywhere, you know. The Grinch that stole Christmas. I bought a green suit. I don't you know. I just, people are, just don't want to hear about it. But they need him.
It's what Christmas is all about. And you know what? He loves them. He loves them. Let's be a witness. If you're here and you're not sure you're on your way to heaven, you can know it by opening your heart to Jesus Christ. We're going to have an invitation here. You could come forward. We'll have somebody take the Bible and show you. I'd be glad to talk to you after the service about Christ. But don't wait. Don't hesitate. Don't waste one more day without knowing Jesus, his love. Don't wait one more day. Receive him. Would you stand with me, please? We're going to sing a song of invitation. I surrender all. Really, the first surrender that we have in life is surrendering our heart to God, to Jesus. To know that we're a sinner, we need Christ. We need, we need something. I have everything, but I'm not happy. I'm not everything, but I don't have that joy. The peace that I see in other people that are Christians. Come and receive it. Come and receive it. And Christian, let's just be a light. Don't be afraid. Let other people know. You're, you're a follower of Christ. May God bless you. As we sing this invitation hymn, you come and receive Christ. Come and this altar's open. Pastor, I want to be a better witness for Christ. Whatever your need may be, you come as we sing our invitation song. Let's sing it together.